Welcome back, everybody. This is season four of the Digital Twin Podcast with your hosts, Omar and Hari. We're glad to be back. Let me tell you, we had a little break there from 2020 to 2021, and here we are running Welcome fast. Welcome to 2021. I can't believe it's here this quick, right, Hari? I mean, awesome. you know, we were just chatting about, you know, the Porter's value chain last season, um, and you know, there was a lot of very interesting nuggets from a lot of the comments and messages that we got back from our audience um, that, you know, really spawned us and, and motivated us to really focus on season four across that, but even more specific into uh, an industry specific um, venture. So I'm thinking, you know, from that last, you know, season, did you, what did you take away from some of those, you know, areas that we can probably bring into our season four? Yeah, we um, that's a it's a good place to start, right? Uh, we um, we covered uh, kind of industries broadly in terms of different functions. So we look at Porter's value chain. We started at you know the logistics part of it, went to operations, outbound logistics. We talked about uh, sales and supporting activities, digital services. We covered a very very broad set of uh, functions, and really, uh, I think. What we have learned is every single one of those areas have immense opportunity for transformation from a digital perspective. And in a lot of those areas, uh, I think industry is well underway. And uh, of course, you need to know where exactly that value is. We definitely tried to, to make sense of some of that, where the value lies, try to simplify some of those concepts. Uh, but of course, based on our audience feedback, we can, you know, further dive into some of those areas. Yeah, I think, right? you know, a big, we, I mean, a vast majority were, were really interested, you know, since we're really focused around, you know, transformation around the industrial segment, oil and gas came up as one of those areas that is really still trying to make that transition or transformation. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting um, information. There's a lot of trials that have probably gone out there and, you know, I think till this day, that segment is still trying to find that balance on what makes sense to transform their current operations or business. And, you know, we're really excited to kind of focus on that because, you know, it it really highlights some of the um, overall, you know, testing, trying, failing fast, moving on, and, and to really try to find that real value, as we mentioned, right? You know, how do you keep things simple? How do you actually ground it in reality and then deliver that value? And I think, you know, they've been in a, in a phase now for over what I would say at least the last, you know, five to 10 years of really trying and, and failing and really getting some of the best practices out there to, to start realizing some of that value. And, um, you know, obviously, you can't just go in and provide technology without really disrupting the core culture of the segment. Because I think at the end of the day, oil and gas has been a very, you know, hundred year, 200 year business, you know, and, yeah. and the, the culture, the, the, uh, the norms that go on in that, haven't changed too much over the years um, and technology wise, right? Especially when you talk about digital, you know, and I think looking at some of the things and some of the, the processes that are going on today is really an area of, of where 
new organizations or new leadership that's coming in can kind of figure out what's worked and what hasn't worked, you know? And, yeah, and I yeah. think there's a, there's significant amount of investment in the space has always been significant investments uh, from the very beginning. And it's given the position in the overall value chain, it's an incredibly important, you know, space and, and sector within the industrial, uh, uh, you know, overall industrials, right? And uh, in particular, over the last, I would say, few years, there's significant stress, both from a socioeconomic uh, perspective and from a, a renew renewables perspective. Um, there's been a lot of pressure in the industry, right? And we also know from a digital perspective, there's just an amazing amount of value potential that can be unlocked uh, across the entire oil and gas value chain. Uh, so the question is, has it been happening, right? Was that effort successful in the past? What's, you know, is there an opportunity today given the socioeconomic political conditions and what does the future look like? I mean, we want to cover some of these areas, right? So one of the things I want to talk about real quick is uh, BCG has done one of these uh, digital acceleration index uh, surveys, right? And uh, they talk about four categories of uh, of companies within oil and gas. Actually, it's not just oil and gas, all industries. And they're looking across industries to see who are adopting digital and how they're nimble and how they're really kind of moving the ball forward and generating value from it. Of course, they've classified them into four buckets, digital starters, digital literates, digital performers, and digital leaders. Interestingly, there's just about nobody in the digital leadership space in that fourth bucket. And uh, most of them seems to be in the digital literates, uh, which means they are in functional silos. They're doing some things, but not significant enough. And, um, and there is, you know, also uh, a good number in the digital starters in the performer space. In general, as an industry, they seem to be lagging behind others. Of course, I see in their chart, um, and I'm sure you saw this data as well, fintech seems to be leading. But what, what seems to be, you know, what, what is your kind of take on it. Well, I think, you know, looking at the article, I think it, 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 it kind of, you know, we, we, we talked about this in a couple of, uh, uh, a few episodes back, uh, in our early, um, seasons about the culture, right? The, the, the culture is a really big component of this. And as you start to look at some of these small pilots and inner, you know, technology trials, trying to discover value, they're done in a very small scale. And yes, you know, you do a couple of these and you can extrapolate it across whatever that scale may be across your organization. But the, the, the reality of, of coming from a small type of technology to scaling it across all your assets and operations with different organizational structures, different you know, supervisor, different people that are operating is a challenge in itself of the culture, right? It's that, you know, how, how do I keep my organization? Yes. I want to be more efficient. Yes. I want to, you know, decrease the cost of producing um, oil and gas, 
But at the same time, I need to have extreme reliability to keep my operations going. Yeah. You know, it's that What's balance. What's the cost of trying something it's new? It's that balance, right? right? And yeah. can we be real cute with how we operate, but sacrifice the reliability of me having more on my side to make sure that I keep it going versus saving that extra $50, 50 cents yeah. to a dollar off of that cost. Which is not clear, by the way. Right? And it's not, it's it not hasn't been clear. fully, yeah. you know, adopted or, so, or. So the culture, as you said, is very much, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. And if, if I have to take a proactive measure, you know, what is the cost to that? Right. I mean, am I investing to have a clear outcome? And if it's not clear, how much do I want to bet on it? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's the culture that's preventing a lot of the innovation. Yeah. And, and you know, what you'll find as well is that you, most oil and gas organizations have operations that have probably been ongoing for the last 20, 30, 40 years. The same technologies, the same engineering concepts. Um, and to to change the way they look, I guess the future of what that looks like, even to this day, is brand new. So the reliability of it, the way the people to know how to operate in the new age, you know, in this space or, or, or even that's even a bigger challenge, the human factor, right? You mentioned earlier about the social economics and the the big political pressure on this industry to be much more, you know, stringent on on their their um, climate or environmental, um, you know, harm that they're doing, and that resonates to a lot of people, especially that are coming out that are new graduates or new new workforce that don't want to be involved in that. So when you, when you have people that are just against it, you don't have that pipeline of human capital that can really drive that change. It becomes much more of a challenge and you want to stick to your core culture and what you know works and what's firm because it's just too many unknowns and the risk is high right now in, in a lot of these organizations. And it's not easy. It's not easy to be, you know, that trailblazer out there to say, Hey, you know, we're going to trip five times. And then on the sixth, we're going to get up and we're going to be excited. And, and everyone's going to want to come busting the doors down. Right. So it's that, it's that balance. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, organizations are, are struggling with that today, you know, and, and they're doing these small, like you said, these little small siloed approaches in different areas to say that they're, they're moving those initiatives across to be better. And yeah, on the positive side, I think there was a significant number of uh, companies in, you know, in the bucket where there has been a, a lot of efforts, you know, silos that are, you know, that are transforming or making an effort to do things, right? Uh, I, I think we want to give credit where it's due. A lot of industrial companies have always had data. There was no lack of data, right? I mean, there's a significant amount of years worth of data that's collected and stored in, in historians and, and other systems like CMS systems and SAP and so on, right? So data collection wasn't necessarily an issue. I mean, most of them are sensorized and equipment have, provides data. Of course, not to the level of you know sensorization that's possible today, but there's always, always data. But like you said, the challenge has been that these are somewhat siloed and there's no way to look at this data in a comprehensive way 
to generate new insights that can help them move forward, right? Um, and so, you know, in terms of the investments and where they need to, to do things, I mean, a lot, lot has to be around going across, coordinating between, or, uh, between different silos, which requires strong leadership and a cultural change, right? And we've had a, a podcast uh, episode specifically for digital leadership, the challenges they face, what makes a great digital leader in today's environment. You know, that, that, that does play. Uh, you need a strong digital leader that is championing that change within the organization, someone who understands both the business, what could be changed and the, the impact and the vision and really drive change with the outcome in mind and educating and, and, and kind of setting that vision, right? So like you said, some of the issues around trying little things, you know, trying a little pilot here and a little pilot there with a not a whole lot of commitment towards it, right? And that's that's lack of vision, lack, lack of commitment to what what they want to do, what they need to get done, and and the outcome they're going after. So I think that's that's something that they mentioned in the article, and I think it's incredibly important to to have the right leadership from a digital perspective. Yeah, I also think you know the in the day of instant gratification, I need to see results fast to be a believer to to really see that ROI, to really give me that warm and fuzzy to actually make the change is also a, it's, it's that gap, right? It's that gap to try to, you know, over, over deliver on some of these, these exciting promises, right? Because let's be honest, you know, a lot of technologies out there promise a lot of things and a lot of things are great, but it's, it's a two way street, right? I mean, Technology alone isn't going to transform the business, right? I mean, it's how does your organization utilize the tools to enable a much more data-driven culture? You talked about the data, right? That's all there. But that data is not flowing in the right pipelines to the right people that can analyze and create better decisions, today. And with that being said, you know, I really am excited about this, this season four that we're about to embark, because I think we're going to uncover some of the pitfalls and some of the areas where really the successes have been, you know, really exciting and transforming for organizations. And I think, uh, as we move forward, um, the, the insights should shed light on on how far the oil and gas sector has really come um, in their digital journey. So let's talk a little bit about what that's going to be looking like over the next. So I think there are a couple of things are left to talk about. One is, you know, specifically, what are we going to cover the rest of the season, right? Like you said, dive into details into specific areas. What are those areas? And then secondly, you know, as as an industry, as a sector, uh, what are the things that that oil and gas companies need to be doing today, given the conditions, including the pandemic that we've been hit with and how they are changing, what they need to do to change and prepare for the future. I think these are two areas that we probably need to cover. Maybe we cover the the latter first, right? Um, Yes. So obviously, you know, the more remote, uh, the, you know, coming back to the information pipelines, right? The data, the information that, 
typically might have been manually handled or, or physically seen, physically touched. Yeah. How do we operationalize that so that we don't have, you know, that handshake, you know, avoid these handshakes where we need to, right? And what does that investment look like? What does the infrastructure look like? How does that even happen in today's world? What are the technologies that can enable some of that? I think that's an overarching theme in a lot of these organizations. Um, and the second, you know, as we mentioned, you know, oil and gas is a very large um, section of, 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 of industry. And the way we want to look at this, I think we, we discussed this, is, is we break these down into kind of some, you know, segmented buckets within the space. Very similar to kind of how we looked at the Porter's value chain. Oil and gas has a unique value chain as well which we won't go into all the nicks and crannies of the fastest, but overall we'll cover, you know, the basic upstream, the midstream kind of delivery transport side, and also the, the production and um, the, the, the processing side of that oil and gas once it's found. So I think when we look at the three segments that we really want to focus is upstream, the midstream and the downstream segments to really give a nice broad sloth of um, you know, the capabilities and the technologies that are being implemented in those areas. Yeah, that'd be good. Maybe take, um, you know, one or two episodes, you know, for uh, talking about ups, uh, upstream, a couple for downstream and a couple for midstream, right? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we can, we can, we and... can kind of finalize some of the newer at the end within this oil and gas space on, on how, you know, a lot of these specific drivers that we're starting to see with, you know, electric vehicles and, and much more power being generated from that gas and different sources, how that is going to evolve into this oil and gas space or what we call maybe energy space. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll look at some of those things too, as we start to uh, weave some of those new uh, um, processes and also regulations that might be coming down the pipe and, and, and I think that that could be a really nice little overview of that O&G space, oil and gas space for our, for our audience on this, especially after all those questions and, and um, requests. Yeah. So before we leave this episode here, um, to wrap up, let's talk a little bit about what are the key enablers for, you know, for companies to, you know, really look at uh, given all of the pressures they are under today, right? I mean, they are under significant pressure. They, they've been under demand pressures, right? Because we're not using as much oil as we did a year ago. Um, there's been pressure from the uh, oil producing countries in terms of pricing pressure. Uh, and, you know, generally, you know, both the demand and the supply, when both are impacted, I mean, there's likely to be some long-term impacts as well. So this isn't, you know, an overnight sort of recovery. It's going to be probably a slow recovery. We, we don't know this for sure, but we're no traders. So I, I, I couldn't speak to that, but it, it generally like it, 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 you know, when you have both demand and supply, you know, kind of affected at the same time due to different reasons. I mean, there's potential that this could drag on for a little longer, right? Um, because the production isn't going to come back as fast, right? It's 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 going to take a little bit of ramp up time, uh, even if demand kind of, you know, starts to uh, cycle back up, 
you know, when people start to travel, which I am yet to see how this travel is going to pick back up. I, I just don't know. Um, that's another day's topic is the skepticism around travel still exists, right? So we don't know when that's going to happen. But, you know, today, what we see companies, you know, in the, in the, in the top performer space are doing, uh, maybe I'll, I'll throw one out and maybe we can just start, you know, covering a few things that these companies are doing. One of the things is that travel is preventing SMEs to get to a particular place, you know, to look at a problem, diagnose, resolve issues, right? Um, and that means, you know, they need to have access to the data, not just internal to the company, but even for third parties to come, you know, be able to look at this data, an OEM or technology license or, you know, I think it's become more and more important today that that data becomes available to somebody else somewhere else. And most likely that's going to have to be through some sort of cloud enablement, right? And so that's that that's driving significant change. Um, anything else you could... Yeah, I think, think you know, also you'll start to see that um, the development of the digital strategies or digital cultures within organizations usually starts within some of the value chain that may not be um, associated with production or exploration of, within the, in the oil and gas space. It might be mainly more focused on some of the basic business aspects of, you know, logistics and supply and demand planning and things like that. But what you'll find is that you, these organizations may have a big um, or a, a decent presence of data scientists and groups that are actually yearning for the data to help bring meaningful insights and meaningful competitive advantage to organizations that may or may not have been uh, once uh, seen that the data now may unleash. So more and more we have, uh, organizations trying to drive that vision and, and more and more you have data scientists saying, Hey, I'm going to show you something. And they're trying to, solve to, the they want to try to solve problems. That's what they're, that's what they're there for to help solve problems. So it's, you know, sometimes they don't know the problem exists until they see it through data yep. and they say, Oh, there's a problem. Another, another area that, that, that uh, we're starting to see a lot of traction is remote, uh, remote operation centers, remote drilling, remote, you know, remote, you know, remote unmanned production and unmanned, unmanned operation, things like that, which isn't entirely new, right? We, we know this existed before, but there is, seems to be a sudden urgency to, to kind of expand on this capability. And uh, now that, you know, this technology has, th these are technology enablers that have been around, but now that suddenly has become much more important to the business, right? Because it's more of a necessity than, you know, a nice to have that potentially could lead to some some positive outcome. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 definitely a lot of movement there. I mean, and not just in the facilities themselves, everywhere, right? Even in their buildings, everywhere, right? So you're talking about, you know, yeah, this is a dangerous place to work, but it it seems like with COVID. Every place is a dangerous place to work these days, right? Look at all the precautions that we're, we're everyone is taking today, right? So safety. You don't need to if you don't need to be there, don't be there. Yeah. So right? it's a, that's basically the the assumption. Yeah. Whether you're 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 talking about an offshore production, or you're a building where you go, you're it supposed to, go to work where it in downtown. Is it doesn't even if matter. you don't have to be there, don't be there. Yeah. So, 
And uh, hopefully that's uh, some of this is going to change. You know, I'm, I'm positive. Uh, yeah, it looks good. My I optimism think. says it's going to change this year and we're all going to be back to normal soon. I, 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 uh, I would agree with you there. I think we're, we're on the right track. So, awesome. well, well I like to thank, note, I like to thank everybody yeah. for joining us. Right. I mean, we're yeah. here. We're excited to get this season kicked off. Uh, we got some good goodies in there and, um, uh, give us your comments and feedback. And uh, this is Hari and Omar. You can catch us uh, on most podcast uh, deliveries, uh, Apple, Spotify. And you can also uh, visit our website, the Digital Twin Podcast, to leave comments yeah. or uh, reach us. And we're going to be loading some uh, some of these videos as well on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. And check us out on digitaltwinpodcast.com. Absolutely. And uh, we'll look forward to connecting with you guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you Bye. soon. See you soon. Bye.